drinker all week when I'm fed of it. Listeners, uh, this is uh, another episode of Cinema Snobs. I am one of two hosts, Christopher Sneed, and I'm here with my ever faithful co host, Aaron O'Banion. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well as well. Good. It's, uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a little bit since we recorded. Yeah, a little bit. So, um, have you had any chance to watch anything aside from our movie we were reviewing today? Um, yeah, I've watched a few things. Um, with the, uh, the Oscars are coming up this mm-hmm. week. And so I've been trying to play a little bit of catch up. I watched, um, watched a couple movies recently. Um, I watched Black Klansman the other day, mm-hmm. uh, which is up for a few awards. Um, and I thought that that was, uh, that was pretty solid. Um, I, nice. uh, I think that, um, I've mentioned I, I like Spike Lee movies, at least mm-hmm. what I, what I've seen of them. And, um, I thought this was a, a pretty strong effort for him. Cool. Um, and I also watched um, I watched Widows the other day, which I don't. It's not nominated for anything, I don't think. But hmm. um, that was another one from last year that got um, pretty good reviews, and I enjoyed that one as well. It's a, a heist movie uh, with a really, really good cast and uh, a lot of good performances. Um, oh yes i remember that one now yeah it's um kind of led by viola davis Mm -hmm. yeah so that was good yeah yeah i enjoyed it oh nice yeah um but uh what about you have you had a chance to uh catch up with anything oh gosh i would like to say yes but (laughs) um the only thing i don't i think this has been since the last time i i watched the uh the mule did I tell you that? Did we talk uh, about that? No, no. Um, you know, it's uh, Clint Eastwood's last uh, movie he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I didn't read much about it before I went to it with a friend of mine. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Not my favorite of, of his, but uh, certainly a, a fairly solid movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I I saw that one too um, around Christmas. Oh yeah, what did you think? I I enjoyed it as well. Um, I think I'm I'm kind of where you're at with it. I, it's not not my favorite of his by any means, but I thought mm-hmm. it was thought it was decent, um, but uh, not not anything too memorable. Yeah, yeah, he. Um He's got such a, a eclectic list of movies now um, for this mm-hmm. like second second chapter of his uh, career. 
Yeah. If you will. Um, and out of that bundle, um, this one didn't feel quite as, um, uh, didn't leave quite the same impression, I guess is the thing. It was kind of like it was entertaining, but it didn't, mm. didn't, uh, I didn't walk away from it with anything special, if that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know why I get nervous. Like he's going to listen to this, but, <laughs> but I start like, oh, it's not bad. It's not that right. Making excuses. But anyway, we, um, you know, speaking of, of really famous people with, with wonderful careers, we, uh, we have a movie review this episode, mm-hmm. um, that includes one of cinema well radio and cinema's classic legendary stars orson wells yeah and um and then after we review that movie we will be going into our top five list which you picked this time and Mm -hmm. what's what's our top five list that is top five character introductions in movies yeah that that should be exciting yeah, yeah, I thought that would be a, an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a departure too from some of the some of the things we've done. Um, yeah. So I I like it. It's 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 really a, f- a fun topic. I think a fun top list. So yeah, can't wait to see where this embarrasses me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So well, shall we go ahead and jump into the review? Let's do it. Awesome. Well, we're, uh, this was one I chose, The Stranger. It's a 1946 film. And it was actually also, it stars Orson Welles, but it was oh, also... Wait. Der- you mean The oh. Third Man? Hmm? The Third Man? The Third Man? Uh-huh. We're doing The Stranger. Um... You told you me that, yeah. You told me the third man. Uh, da, da, da. Interesting. Maybe we'll have two reviews this episode. Um, <laughs> I, if I did, I apologize. The stranger was the one I was uh, was wanting us to do because I had never heard of it. Oh. Uh, let me go back and check here. Um, oh, I did put in the third man. I watched the wrong movie. How about that? Wow. <laughs> well, well, well <laughs> um, yeah, I totally meant to have us watch The Strangers, but I guess we'll, uh, how about we just uh, go ahead and move forward with this and do a double review? Okay, sure. Are you okay with that? It's it's a little yeah. different, but... Um, yeah. But we're still, it's still got a theme to it. They're two Orson Welles movies. That's true. From the 40s. Yep. So um, why don't we, um, why don't we turn this over to you and you can uh, fill me in on The Third Man. Okay. Um, well, The Third Man, um, is this one that you'd ever seen before? By I have not. I have not. Okay. Okay. Um, I'd seen it once before, uh, a long time ago. Um, and it's from 1949, uh, it's directed by Carol Reed. Um, 
and starring Joseph Cotton and Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a it's a post World War II movie. Uh, it's set in Vienna, and um, it is uh, it's about a writer who is visiting Vienna. Um, he's there to see a friend of his, and when he arrives, um, he finds out that his friend uh, has died. Um, And from there, uh, he ends up going on a little bit of an investigation um, as to the um, cause of his friend's death. And um, yeah, there's some twists and turns from there so it's a bit of a mystery um and kind of a uh, i guess you could say it's film noir ish um but um yeah this is a movie that um it's one that i really enjoy um it's um it's it's very um it touches on some kind of heavy subject matter but still in a very entertaining way um it's a very um oh it's it's kind of about the kind of underworld um during the post-world war ii years in vienna so it's a very kind of um kind of a world-weary sort of film um, that's kind of kind of cynical and um, full of disillusionment and um, that mm. kind of thing. So not uh, not the lightest of films out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's one that's still really entertaining. Um, and um, let's see... Um, it, um, features a very uh, memorable score, um, that is, um, played on the zither, um, which is an interesting instrument. Well, yeah. Um, not too many films, uh, I don't think have zither, uh, scores, but (laughs) this one does. Um, how did, how did that, um... How did that feel? Like, what did that add to it, or take uh, away from it? I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, I I really like the score. It's um, very, um, it's sort of odd and kind of off kilter. Um, it's it seems both um, both cheery and kind of ominous at the same time, hmm. um, which is a, a tough combo to pull off. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and it kind of kind of sets the tone for the movie in a way. Um but um yeah, um let's see. I I think the the movie one of its strengths is its cinematography by Robert Krasker. Uh there's a lot of um Dutch angle shots um that kind of um, signal a, a world uh, kind of out of joint and um, 
it's it's got um oh kind of an expressionist bent to it hmm. um and um i wanted to um read a brief paragraph from uh a roger ebert review of the film okay that i thought was kind of interesting he had this column um this great movies column that he did that he would add to uh, i think every couple of weeks uh just the greatest films of all time according to him and uh he wrote one on the third man and um wanted to read this paragraph um the third man is like the exhausted aftermath of casablanca both have heroes who are American exiles awash in a world of treachery and black market intrigue. Both heroes love a woman battered by the war. But Casablanca is bathed in the hope of victory, while the third man already reflects the Cold War years of paranoia, betrayal, and the bomb. Um, and I've, I won't read any more than that, but um, just thought that that was an interesting, interesting. comparison. Very. Um, and I would I would almost um, compare it to another film that we've reviewed uh, in the past uh, called Stray Dogs, mm. or Stray Dog, I should say. Um, just because they're both uh, post World War II films with kind of a mystery bent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who who kind of enjoyed that film, I think would get something out of the third man um i think that the the main character of the film played by joseph cotton um he is he's a kind of a naive character who mm-hmm. is he's kind of in over his head and um as he's going through and trying to figure out uh just what has happened um he uh I, I mentioned he's a writer and he he writes these um these western novels that are kind of um kind of pulpy and um i guess simplistic mm-hmm. um and that i i think that writing style that he is um kind of attributed uh with informs his worldview uh to some degree kind of uh when you think of um simple westerns it's the guy in the white hat and the guy in the black hat and (laughs) there's nowhere in between and um this movie is all all kind of about the the in-between um but um I thought his performance was pretty good. Um, it's it's probably more of an understated performance, um, and um, but I think the real highlight for a lot of people would be uh, Orson Welles' performance in it as Harry Lyme. He's very um, very mysterious and and charming and. Um, and 
he's very cynical as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Orson Welles um, gives a very, very good performance in this one. Um, it's uh, it's probably uh, probably one of his well, definitely one of his most memorable roles. Um, and um, yeah, I don't have too much more on the performances, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. That's pr- that's probably the main points that I wanted to hit on um, okay. for it. Um, I don't know that it's um, it's quite an all time classic for me. Um, a lot of people kind of lift it up as as an all time classic, and it's um, I'm not quite sure what holds it back from that for me. But mm. um, I think it's it's a very very good movie it's uh, worth everybody's time um Mm. and um yeah so if if you're into um you know uh world war ii era or or just after world war ii era um mystery thriller type of films then uh, this one is definitely uh, definitely one to check out does it uh, for you? Did it move pretty well as far as um, keeping your interest throughout and and getting to the scenes timely and um, uh, pacing y- and and whatnot? Yeah, I think pacing overall was um, was pretty good. Um, I would say that the first um, probably the first hour or so is slower um, mm-hmm. and a little bit repetitive. Um, okay. cause he, he goes to interview, um, several different people and, um, it's just a little bit slower paced in that material, mm. but, um, yeah, uh, overall it's, um, it kept my interest and, um, it definitely picks up, uh, picks up steam in the second half. I think there's, um, there's a big, uh, chase sequence in the second half uh, towards the end that uh is uh, really really thrilling and um and just the uh, really everything about that sequence i i really liked just the the look of it where it takes place mm-hmm. um yeah that's that was kind of a a big highlight for me hmm. Nice. I've I've heard of the movie, obviously, because like you said, peop, a lot of people sort of reference it and hold it with high esteem. Yeah. Um, and then if I would have had my act together, I would have seen it this time. <laughs> but, um, well, cool. Is it one you'd watch again? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. As a friend of mine, he uses that as one of his gauges for how how well he rates a movie. Yeah. Um. So I always like to ask that. Yeah. Interesting. And that was 1949? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, for our double feature, mm-hmm. I'll, um, I guess I'll give a quick little review of The Stranger. Um, this is also, it's funny, this is also sort of a, this came out in 40, 1946. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's also centered around the Holocaust, 
Mm-hmm. And um, it has a it has a decent cast: what Edward G. Robinson, Loretta Young, um, Richard Long. Uh, so it's got a it's got a few um, noteworthy people in it. Um, the premise of the movie is that uh, have you seen it? Have you seen The Stranger? I have seen this one. It's been okay. quite a while, um, okay. so I my memory of it is um, pretty faded at this point. But I I do uh, remember really enjoying it. Yeah, it's um, for the for the listeners. It's it's a story of a. Um, Nazi who is in hiding, basically, in this um, in this sort of small town. Uh, he is he has still got ideals of um, of of taking over and, and being part of the Nazi regime. But at this time, he's he's in hiding and he's a, he's want he's a wanted man. And one of his associates that worked under him is set free. Uh, Edward G. Robinson plays Mr. Williams, who or Mr. Wilson, who is uh, who's part of the organization that's hunting for Nazis, um, Nazi fugitives, and so he and his department let this associate go and follow him uh, in hopes that this associate will lead them to um, to this Nazi, whose name is uh, Franz Kindler, and mm-hmm. that part's played by Orson Welles. And uh, it sort of is a uh, sort of a chase movie, a little bit of mystery, a thriller, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting listening to you talk about the other movie and sort of the tone of it um, being very um, sort of heavy and, and downtrodden. And, yeah. Um, and this one did not feel like that which is which I is interesting and in, in thinking about you know what uh, you know Hollywood often reflects or tries to convey feelings depending on what's going on in the world at the time mm-hmm. and I'm wondering you know after these three years between these movies if there was some sort of uh, some sort of shift into looking back and reflecting over you know after some more time had passed reflecting over sort of the the chaos and, and like you said, the aftermath of, mm-hmm. of everything. Um, but in this movie, um, Orson Welles character, Kindler is, um, getting, she get, they get married during the movie. He and his fiance, uh, which is all feels like a cover, even though I don't remember them specifically saying it was a cover and there really isn't anything throughout the movie that indicates they have, um, have this great marriage you know what i mean it's sort of um it's sort of both are in in their own world and existing i will say that the movie was um easy to digest Mm -hmm. it was not a complicated complex movie um not without entertainment value but certainly not um some deep thinking movie uh, they they do use uh, some footage from uh, from the Holocaust in the like from uh, the concentration camp mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, so it's a 
it's interesting because it's almost not that we needed propaganda to think that the Holocaust was bad, um, but it almost was kind of like um, felt like it was speaking to the audience at at a certain point um, about the about the war about the Nazis. Uh, so the, the the script was um, had some decent characters, uh, had a good plot. This for me, this is a movie about potential, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it had the potential to be better. And after I watched it, I did do some research on it. And uh, one of my one of the things that was driving me sort of crazy about it was some of the editing, because mm-hmm. it seemed to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they would cut to a scene. They would fade into a, a scene deliver two lines and then fade into something else. Hmm. And it almost seemed like they could have cut that out. Yeah. Or expanded on it. And I found out that there was the, the production on this sounded like a nightmare. <laughs> so that might be why um, it didn't flow as well as it could have. Yeah. Um, performances were okay. I thought, uh, I thought Orson Welles was, was fine. I, I think he's done better, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad performance by any means. Uh, but he was also directing, so his energy and focus was probably all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and this was his, I believe this was his first, like, uh, big directing thing in like four years or something like that, if I remember. Uh, I was reading up on that and was going to try to remember, and I, I don't mm-hmm. see it in my notes, but... Um, there was something about him wanting this shot, this chance to do a movie under budget mm-hmm. and within a certain time frame. And he had a ridiculous contract with the studio. Hmm. Um, and I won't get into that, but um, that may be why his performance wasn't as good as, as we know he can be yeah. um, in movies. Uh, again, it wasn't bad. Uh, everyone else was fine. I think uh, probably the, for me the best was probably Robinson, Edward G. Robinson. I thought he was really, really good to me in this movie. Yeah. Um, out of the main main cast, uh, the female lead, Loretta Young. I think there were moments she sort of looked like a goldfish. <laughs> just sort of hanging out in the bowl, uh-huh. not really thinking anything. <laughs> That's harsh, but um, it was kind of empty and, and one-dimensional Yeah, for me. Um, and I don't think it was just the writing, because this was a character who was... Um, who was fighting, you know, her suspicions with her loyalty and to her marriage... Because uh, she's not aware that her husband is a, a Nazi, and um, and so there's some meat there, um, but there were so many moments, so many scenes where she just kind of seemed to be um, uh, looking off into Never Never Land, <laughs> uh, waiting to say a line. And I, I there was a couple of shots where I almost found it humorous because it looked like her eyes glazed over. Um, so she was probably she was probably the worst for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that she's a, I mean, I know she's had some acting, uh, has a, has a work, a long work history, um, of acting, but, um, I don't know that, I don't know what the world thought of her, um, uh, yeah. I'm not familiar with her work, but, 
uh, to me, she was she was not great. Hmm. Um, I will say that um, the movie was pretty. Uh, it had a couple of moments that were surprising. Most of it was pretty predictable. Um, the ending was a little ridiculous, and yet at the same time, was very exciting. Hmm. Uh, probably the best editing, best constructed part of the movie was the climax. Yeah. Um, I was kind of on the edge of my seat and kind of excited about that. And there's also a scene where the wife is being interrogated and she's being shown a film on the uh, film of the concentration camp, which is what I talked mm -hmm. about. And um, and I thought that was a really well done scene, too, yeah. uh, among the actors. But overall, it was it was a it was an enjoyable watch, an easy movie to watch. Um, and would I watch it again? <laughs> I don't know. It had it had a lot of it had a lot of uh, low points for me, yeah. so I probably wouldn't. I thought the music was way overused and over mm. over overdone, but um, but yeah. But I, I mean, if people are if people just are interested in Orson Welles' history, I mean, it's certainly worth the watch, especially to compare. And Orson Welles himself said this was like his least favorite uh, least favorite movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, and again, not bad, not horrible by any means. Um, just not kind of like yours. It's not really the way you felt about it. It's not a, it's not a classic. Mm -hmm. It's nothing any, anyone I think would ever consider a classic, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so that's the stranger. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, interesting. I mean, uh, you mentioned, um, the kind of production troubles on it and that's that's something mm -hmm. that is kind of common uh throughout orson wells's career <laughs> um, i know he had uh, he had trouble on quite a few productions um uh, mm -hmm. really um after citizen kane i, I feel like pretty much all of them were troubled in some way or another. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, some of them getting completely recut by the studio or, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times he had, had money issues. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that kind of in a way adds to, um, kind of adds to the, um, story of his career, uh, in a way, mm -hmm. just that he was able to overcome, uh, a lot of different obstacles along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one who, who's had a couple of, uh, had a couple of, um, um, fresh breaths. He had a couple of, uh, revivals of his career sort of thing where his, right career kind of ebbed and flowed um so yeah. it really is kind of interesting yeah it is i mean um it's been a long time since i've seen touch of evil but i know that's another mm. really high point that came kind of midway through his career and mm -hmm. um and um i um i don't know if you ever watched um 
there's uh, the movie that came out on Netflix that was kind of a long lost film of his uh, recently um, called The Other Side of the Wind. And oh. um, yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was going to be his last movie and it just never got released. Um, and um, I, I, I don't know. I just bring that up since I... I saw it recently and um it's very very different um in style than um pretty much anything else he did um huh. was it good I uh I didn't really know what to make of it um hmm. it's a very experimental sort of film mm. and um yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I I'm not sure um what to make of it. I, I I think it's um I mean it's commenting quite a bit about um about his own career and mm. um and just show business in general. Uh, but mm. um yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the editing of it is very um very quick. Very kind of rapid fire. Um hmm. and um that's uh, I've seen um there's one other movie of his uh that's kind of like that um which is a documentary um well it's I don't know if you'd actually call it a documentary or not, but um, it's called F for Fake, um, which is one that I really like. It's it's one of my favorites. Um, yes. And that one also has uh, very, um, very rapid fire editing as well. And um, yeah, I, for the time, it must have been really really out there um mm. but uh that movie is um is also uh, i feel like it's playing in kind of similar territory because it's also commenting a lot about his own career and um uh, it's it's about a lot of different things but it just it it all kind of comes together um a lot better uh, for me than the other side of the wind did um, right. kind of a better career summation really hmm. but um yeah uh, just thought i'd bring up a few more orson wells things since we're talking wells <laughs> yeah absolutely this kind of became an unintentional orson wells themed episode yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's he's had a he's had a really good career overall so yeah uh, and i read a little bit about efforts for fake while i was uh getting prepared for this show mm -hmm. and I was kind of intrigued by it. So, yeah. Uh, I'll have to watch that and I'll definitely have to watch third man so I can compare it to this. I'd be interested just to see, uh, with such similar, uh, I don't want to say themes, but similar, similar elements, um, mm -hmm. in the story. And then it being so those two being so close together. Uh, right. I would just love to see, uh, how they compare. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, you mentioned The Stranger being a little bit, um, maybe not light in tone, but l at least lighter 
um, mm-hmm. in comparison to something like the third man. And mm-hmm. um, I think um, I think maybe one reason for that is um, just the difference in uh, where it was made. Uh, mm-hmm. the, th- the third man is a British film and um, The Stranger is American. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's some just some different sensibilities there in terms of the war i think um um american films tended to be a little bit a little bit lighter when it came to world war ii and um whereas you know any european country they're kind of more (laughs) in the thick of it Mm -hmm. um that makes sense but um yeah that's that's one one theory anyway yeah no that that totally makes sense um we do have that term you know giving giving things the hollywood treatment right um, and mostly because we're so worried about the number of people so often we're more worried about getting the numbers in to watch the movies and so we don't we want to cater to the most sensitive denominator right um so yeah, that's that's very pla- uh, very plausible that yeah. that where they're made is a huge part of it. Yeah. So um, interesting. Yeah. Well, I know you were talking about uh, editing him him having trouble and and the studios sort of uh, studios sort of fighting with him as far as budget and and. Um, cutting things and this was strangers was definitely one that was a huge part of what was going on mm-hmm. and he lost uh, orson wells lost a lot of rights in the contract that he made uh, um yeah. uh, and so a lot of a lot of things hit the edit at the hit the floor that mm. probably should have been in there maybe and fleshed out some things yeah um but again you know you're trying to go for budget and mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know. Hmm. And this is probably, this is, you, we don't get to see, you know, now you get to see anything that's cut. They still throw it in on the, you know, extra features or yeah. you can look them up on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And um, back then that wasn't the case most of the time. Right. So uh, sadly we'll never see. Yeah. What was, do you remember the the rough runtime of Third Man? Is that pretty standard? Um, yeah, it's uh, like an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. I don't know if it got a little lengthier or not. Yeah. So, okay. Um, well, anything else on either movies or Mr. Wells or um, Fat Men in Cinema or <laughs> whatever you want? Let's see. Um no, I I can't think of anything else, really. Yeah. Um, well, I think despite the slight error in uh, in uh, in intended movies, I think it kind of kind of turned out interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's interesting uh, how they kind of kind of <laughs> lined up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, way more than they should have. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, you know, thinking back, uh, you know, sending you that, 
I was probably going, because I was going through a lot of movies and sort of landed on Orson Welles, and I know that mm -hmm. that was one that, because I was also wanting to make sure that these movies were easy to for both of us to access and watch. Right. And so um, I know that Third Man was one that popped up on like some lists that I was reading about, and I may have just had it on the brain when I sent it to you. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you got the better fare. Uh, sounds <laughs> like so. Third Man was probably a little better movie than than mine was. So. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I mean, a lot of people lift that up as as one of the best of all time, and mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty tough to top. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very very random. Before we move on. Okay. Um, some trivia about the stranger. So Edward G. Robinson played like the detective type character who's mm -hmm. hunting hunting the Nazis. Orson Welles originally wanted Agnes Moorhead to play that part. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he thought it would make the character uh, more dynamic and be something mm -hmm. you didn't see all the time. Right. And so he really, really pushed for that. And the studio is like, no, you're taking Edward G. Robinson and you'll like it. <laughs> So I think huh. that I think the movie would have been way had way had much more impact if if she would have been cast because she is a very good actress. Yeah. Even though most people just know her as Endora from Bewitched, but <laughs> uh, she's actually a very a very good actress. Yeah. Yeah. So very random trivia. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um interesting to think how that would have changed the movie and um because mm -hmm. yeah i mean was uh, i mean nothing against edward g robinson he's yeah, he's pretty great mm -hmm. but um that's that's also a character that he you know had kind of done um that's true you know in i think double indemnity he plays a similar kind of character um mm -hmm. Maybe not a detective, but he's he sort of functions as one in that. Right. Yeah. So throwing somebody in there, one that was a woman, um, playing kind of this harder, intelligent character, uh, would have been something at this time you didn't see so often. Yeah. So. Hmm. But. Oh, well. Such yeah. is life. Yeah. Um. Well, shall we move on to our lists? Yeah, sounds good. Woohoo! Um, so I'll ask, you know, how did you, what made you decide? Was this a random thing that popped in your head? Was there something that inspired this topic for this list? Um, so it's uh, inspired by the third man. Um, there's a pretty famous character introduction in that. Um that uh i i don't know if i should spoil that or not <laughs> um but um it, yeah orson welles character has a very memorable introduction in that movie um mm -hmm. and so i thought uh i would just kind of use that as the topic for cool. our top five i dig it yeah um well, 
Now, did you have any criteria or anything uh, special that you use to go by in compiling your list? Um, no, no special criteria really. Um, I pretty much left this wide open. But cool. um, yeah, did you have any any kind of criteria or anything to limit your choices? I tried to, because I'm a big superhero person. Right. And superheroes always get these, you know, uh, often, I shouldn't say always, but they get lots of cool intros yeah. uh, many times. And so I tried to, tried to reduce that and limit it to one or two at, mm -hmm. the, at, the, at the max so that it wouldn't dominate my list. Yeah. And I was kind of glad I did because I think I came up with better choices when I cut some of those out so yeah um so would you like to do the honors and start us off sure i'll kick things off um my number five is from a film called once upon a time in the west <laughs> and it's the character of harmonica uh, played by charles bronson yeah. and um this one, uh, it comes in the opening, uh, really the opening scene or opening sequence of the film. Um, and it all kind of leads up to his reveal. Um, there are three uh, very intimidating uh, looking guys waiting at a train station. Um, and at first, we don't know who they're waiting for or what they're waiting for. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of tension in the air, um, mm -hmm. as they wait, uh, for the train to come in and, um, eventually it does. And they, at first they don't, uh, see anybody get off the train. So they, um, they turn away to leave, but then they hear this harmonica music start and it's a very kind of, haunting tune and um they turn around and on the other side of the tracks is charles bronson um mm -hmm. continuing to play his harmonica and uh they uh have a standoff and um and i don't think i am spoiling anything by saying charles bronson blasts them all away <laughs> <laughs> he's the star of the movie and it's the very beginning of the film so um you know nothing too surprising there right. but um yeah uh, this is a Sergio Leone film and um he was really a master of of building tension and um just uh letting things extend as long as possible and and maintaining the tension um and that's definitely uh definitely the case with this scene um it's not uh, not his um longest of scenes mm -hmm. um when it comes to that but um very memorable uh, introduction um it's just a a cool character um mm -hmm. a very mysterious character and um 
you know, he kind of uh, kind of builds on that mystery as as the film goes along. But um, yeah, just uh, that opening scene I thought was uh, it's always been really a memorable one for me. So um, right. yeah, that's uh, that's my number five. Nice. Um, that is one I I probably probably need to rewatch. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a lot of those movies that a friend of mine, he, those are his type of movies inside and out. Yeah. And he got me watching them because I sort of, it wasn't my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And so I never really gave it a chance. And then when I wa- started watching them, I was like, wow, these are pretty amazing actually. So yeah. I probably need to go back and watch that one. Yeah. But good choice. Thanks. Very good choice. Um Mine is less of classic cinema, mm-hmm. um, but w- one of the reasons I chose it is because um, I love when a movie is able to introduce a character and you get a lot of who they are right off the bat, like in that introduction. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the characters on both of our lists will sort of feed into that. Um, yeah. Just like just like um, yours did with harmonica, mm-hmm. um, but I chose something that was a little bit more recent movie, 2014, um, and just bear with me on this, <laughs> Star Lord, Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. Um, I love that this is a, a, sp- a sci-fi um, action comedic mm-hmm. uh, creative film and all of that is can be used to describe the very opening scene um, when mm-hmm. Star-Lord is just sort of walking across this planet with his uh, helmet on yeah some very nice shots and compositions and then he comes in and he uh, everything feels very stereotypical and then he puts the music on and then the tone starts to lighten and things start to pick up and um, we get to learn what we're in store for right off the bat. Yeah. Um, just with this one character. So, mm-hmm. and he carries that opening scene by himself for the first however five minutes or uh, however long it is. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's a wonderfully, and for those that didn't know Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic uh, characters and everything, it's just it's a great way to introduce people into this new vibe of um, superhero films because everything else had been rather serious mm-hmm. uh, up until that point. Uh, so it was kind of a nice departure. So, And I, and I, I loved his introduction. It, it made me instantly like him. So that's why I gave uh, my number five spot to Star Lord. Nice, nice choice. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that one, um, but yeah, that's that definitely does sum up the the character and kind of the movie <laughs> uh, in yeah. a way. And yeah, good song choice, of course. Yes, that's uh, something the movie excels at. Come and get your love, I believe was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Yep. So that stuck with me. So that's my number five. Cool. What do you got for our number four? Well, I have 
a choice that we have discussed before, so I will be kind of repeating myself here. <laughs> but um, it is Willy Wonka from oh. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We kind of went over his introduction when we reviewed that film. Yes. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's another one that, that very much informs the nature of the character right up front um, mm -hmm. with his walk out of the factory and towards the crowd, taking the, the tumble and roll. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very fun, very kind of mischievous in a way. And <laughs> um, you don't, uh, don't know what to expect from him mm. uh, after that point. And um, that's, that's all the better for the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that was, a it was a good, uh, good choice by Mr. Wilder to kind of insist on that as his intro. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good one. It's a yeah. very brief, but very effective, uh, way to, to go about that. Mm-hmm. I love that choice. Yeah. Um, and you're right, because he's, he's, throughout the movie, he's sort of a trickster, and he you don't, mm -hmm. what he's, all the elements don't always add up, what he's saying, what he's doing, mm -hmm. what he's feeling, are always something different. Right. And, and that one move, that one intro, just sort of sets all that up in place. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very iconic. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's see. I will see your Willy Wonka <laughs> and raise you a Mary Poppins in the number oh, four spot. Okay. Um, I remember, I believe that I got a children's book of Mary Poppins before I got, before I saw the movie, okay. if I'm not mistaken. And I remember vividly, uh, there's no other scene I remember more clearly the, than Mary Poppins' arrival, um, mm -hmm. where, where these kids are hanging out the window. They're looking at this long line of old spinster-looking ladies who are applying to be a nanny. And then all of a sudden, a very strange, um, mysterious wind comes and picks <laughs> up and blows them all away. Mm-hmm in what I consider to still be a hilarious scene. Um, it's just so bizarre and wacky and unexpected. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of, what uh, what grander entrance could you have than blowing <laughs> everyone else away and right. then floating gently and confidently down from the clouds <laughs> and landing at the doorstep? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's kind of like, I almost wish I could make that entrance, like to go apply for a job or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all the magic and whimsy and, and uh, Mary Poppins uh, following suit and, and landing in a practically perfect in every way way mm -hmm. um, is why I put her at number four. Nice. Nice. Um by chance, did you see the new Mary Poppins? I haven't yet. Have you? I did. Did I you? Did. Yep. Oh, I know we can't get like full into it because that's not what we do. But we got to. <laughs> what did you think? Was it 
was it good was it worth it i enjoyed it um mm -hmm. yeah i it's and it's been a long time since i've seen the original mm -hmm. um but that's one that i have always really liked mm -hmm. um and yeah i i don't know that um mary poppins returns really uh is as good as that one uh, mm -hmm. if, if we're comparing the two but um I, yeah I, I really i thought it was really well done um the um uh, songs are probably not as memorable in this new one okay. um uh, for the most part um at least on a first viewing sure. um but um yeah I, I thought emily blunt was was very good in the role and um it it certainly has a lot of charm to it um oh good yeah there's a nice uh nice animated sequence in it uh as well that is reminiscent of of the one from the first film oh nice um so yeah that was that was kind of a highlight for me um but uh yeah cool. uh, i enjoyed it yeah, you, I'm glad you said use the word charm because I feel like that's really a huge part of the older movies. Yeah. Um, success and why we love them, and some of the newer movies don't always capture that. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that's cool. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll definitely plan on watching it. Yeah. But. All right. Um, I believe it's your turn to give us your number three. Yes, uh, number three, I have the Joker. From the Dark Knight, mm -hmm. um, and this is another opening sequence uh, uh, choice here, um, and it's a very uh, just really the whole sequence is very very memorable and very well put together, mm -hmm. um, and it all kind of again builds to this reveal of the Joker and. Um, this kind of uh, being this larger than life character and um yeah uh, and leading up to that you have kind of his henchmen uh, talking about him and and uh sort of building this mystery about him um nobody really know seems to know that much about him and um that kind of remains true throughout the film um mm -hmm. but yeah i i just um i've always really liked this sequence and um the reveal of of heath ledger as the joker and um just the beginning of a, a really iconic performance um that really just kind of grabs you from uh from the first moment mm -hmm. um but um yeah I, I don't know that i have a whole lot to say about it i feel like the dark knight has kind of <laughs> been <laughs> talked about to death online and on yeah. other podcasts probably but um yeah this this one has always been a really memorable one for me so yeah certainly worth b being on the list he um I mean, it was that f that first viewing of what has become mm -hmm. um, one of the best performances in a superhero film. Yeah. I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, totally understandable why you'd have that on, on there at number three. 
I don't mind you talking about it. <laughs> so, good choice. Thanks. Um, let's see. For my number three, um, I went with, this is probably, um, probably one that gets, has been talked about in imagery used quite a bit over time as well. Um, and I went with the original Wicked Witch of the West entrance. Oh, yeah. From the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that um, everyone in Munchkin Land is just kind of having a happy, jolly time <laughs> and they're finishing up this lovely little ditty um, and dancing around and then bam, this big puff of smoke just comes and everybody starts screaming and running. And I mean, magicians are usually the only ones that appear in a big puff of smoke. <laughs> right. Uh, and she's like letting them know she's she's there. Um, and I love it. It's such a, it's such a break and such a, um, I wouldn't say jarring because you're kind of, uh, I wouldn't go so, it's close to jarring though because mm-hmm. everything is, is one tone and then she kind of, shows up in all her glory and uh, yeah. with threats and everything. So it's a, it's a wonderful change of pace right there in that, on the tail end of that musical number um, and transitioning into the next scene. I just thought the timing of it was good. And of course, uh, of course the actress is, is uh, I can't think of her name right now. Um, Margaret, Margaret, Mar- uh, Margaret Hamilton. Is it? That's it. Yeah. Um, it's a role she would never live down Um, but very very well done scene and very uh, timed appropriately so um, I wanted to give that my number three spot for those reasons good choice good choice that was one I considered as well oh cool yeah cool Um, all right so next yeah, my number two is the character Quint from Jaws. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he has a very, uh, very memorable entrance um, and kind of causes people to squirm a bit <laughs> uh, with the nails on the chalkboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I really like this scene. Um, mm. I, I imagine most people have have seen the movie, but uh, it's a city council meeting, and uh, everybody is kind of arguing about uh, what to do about the shark problem, and um, everybody's just kind of in a, a bit of a chaos and. Quint uh, breaks through the noise with uh, some noise of his own <laughs> and um, immediately just kind of takes over the scene um, and kind of uh, lays out uh, his his plans. Um, and it, um, it tells you a lot about the character um, right up front, that he's a, he's a take charge kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. he does not really seem to care about what other people think of him. Um, and it's, um, yeah, uh, he just kind of lays, lays it all out there. He, that he's, um, this is kind of what he does. He's a total professional and, um, 
and then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> uh, keeps it relatively short and sweet. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, and just uh, his performance just overall in the movie is really amazing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, of course, he has later on the, the big USS Indianapolis speech in the boat. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. He's um, just a very memorable character for me. Um, doesn't really take any crap from anybody. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's my number two. I feel bad that I didn't think of that one. Because <laughs> that probably, that might have ended up on my list, actually. Yeah. Because that is a very, everything you said is just a very cold, like, here's the facts now mm -hmm. chew on that and i'm leaving right <laughs> it's kind of i mean it's kind of like the one of the early mic drops moments yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that probably if i oh i wish i i wish i would have thought of that that would have been yeah. on my list um i can't believe i didn't good very good choice Thanks. very good choice yeah that may be one of my favorites yeah. so far um okay well um, in lieu of Mr. Quint not being on my list, hmm. um, my number two is probably the strangest character on my list, hmm. which is probably saying a lot. Um, and that would be Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> um, everyone, everyone pretty much know, I think most people know, uh, Tim Curry in this role and mm -hmm. um, he was a huge selling point for an otherwise bizarre uh, indie film yeah um, and I have mixed feelings about the movie in general yeah but I cannot deny that Tim Curry's entrance was just sort of epic um, as we've already been introduced to a couple of strange characters and we think oh well this is weird Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, 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 that's not weird. Right. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he comes down the elevator behind our heroes uh, with a with a sort of jaw-dropping musical performance that he does very well in, very campy, very confident. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it sort of, in, in, in I can't say the word, it sort of encompasses... Uh, the sexuality of the movie and the in-your-face attitude of the movie mm -hmm. um, and kind of all could be summed up in, in Tim Curry's entrance. Right. Um, and and he singing-wise, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. So, um, so I think as far as what-the-hell moments with an entrance, I'm giving hmm. uh, my number two spot to Dr. Frankenfurter. All right. It's a good one. Thank you. Have you seen it or the I hate to even mention the newer one, but have you seen have you seen any of those? I uh, yeah, I've seen uh, the original. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um it's been a while. But yeah. uh yeah, yeah, it's uh I don't know that it's a favorite of mine necessarily, but I I remember sure. enjoying it and um yeah, I like a lot of the songs in it. Yeah. 
but uh, right. yeah, he's he's really the highlight of the of the film, the standout. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, my friend, we are down to numero uno. Yes. So, uh, what do you got for number one? All right. Well, my number one is Bond, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> from uh Dr. No. Um okay. the very very first appearance of the character in a movie. Um and I I suppose I chose it because uh, it is such an iconic character. Um and it's um it's more of a more of a low key introduction than um probably uh, any of my other picks here um b- because he's just so uh kind of nonchalant about mm-hmm. it um and um i mean this introduction is literally an introduction <laughs> 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 just him saying his name um but um yeah immediately uh you just get that this guy is uh one of the coolest, um, most kind of suave and professional guys uh, mm-hmm. that you're ever going to meet. And, um, yeah, and Sean Connery's delivery uh, is is just kind of spot on. Um, and this, uh, I think I partially chose it um, just because the series in general has had quite a few uh, memorable introductions for characters mm-hmm. um probably more often the villains of the of the films but um yeah bond tends to get uh pretty memorable introductions in mm-hmm. in most of the m- most of the movies um and um yeah y- you get this one with uh with uh, the theme music going and mm-hmm. you've got uh, an iconic moment so um yeah that's that's my number one choice nice you went uh with an all-time favorite i think that's a pretty um, yeah loved character yeah uh and like you said i mean yeah you're right villain whether it's villains or the bond girls or bond himself they're they always seem to have they pay pay attention to introducing these characters mm-hmm. yeah so i do appreciate that yeah actually uh, and that's why I like, uh, you know, honestly, that's w- w- everything about uh, Bond intros is is really why I love this list, like this topic mm. you chose. Yeah. Because I love that. Even, w- even when they're a little on the cheesy side or mm-hmm. over the top or there's something about it that still gets your blood going. Yeah. And it's a good intro. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, nice choice. Thanks. Yeah. Um... Well, let's see. My number one is probably my number one is the most serious on my list. All right. Um, and I actually watched. I didn't get to watch all of it, but I watched part of it again. It had been a long time since I've seen it. In fact, I'd forgotten that I'd seen it, and then I started watching it and remembered I'd seen it, and then went to go do something else. But <laughs> um, this one is is kind of strange because it's an introduction where you still never see the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be the 
the killer from the movie M. Oh, okay. Um, one of the most uncomfortable intros I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, for those that haven't seen it, I mean, one, go watch the movie. But mm-hmm. two, that intro with just the, there's not a whole lot of words exchanged and there's a little girl playing with a ball and it all sort of seems innocent, but then you still have this feeling that something's not right. Right. And there's a wanted poster and then you see this silhouette over the wanted poster and he mm-hmm. starts talking to the little girl. I mean, it's just just this build up in a very short time period of creepy. Right. And um, it left an, un- like I wanted to shower. It left me with a very uncomfortable feeling after it was over. And I thought it was just beautifully, uh, beautifully delivered to the yeah. audience without anything. It was t- talk about subtleties and uh, creative imagery. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just wonderful. Um, but dark opening yeah. um, to a character. So, hmm. so that's, uh, that's my number one choice. Yeah, that, that's a good one. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but yeah, that, that scene different, definitely, uh, strikes a nerve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like that, you know, we've talked about all these other characters and a lot of it's about the moment where we see their face. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one isn't. This still right. leaves his character very shadowed and very mysterious. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah. It, well, exciting list. I love. Yeah. I, I love what you came up with. Oh, thanks. Especially Quint. I can't get over that. I <laughs> didn't think about him. That's gonna bug me. Yeah. Because um, it really is one. Of, it really is one of the best openings. <laughs> best intros to a character yeah. oh. um, well the other part of our the other fun part of doing this is um, our honorable mentions a lot mm-hmm. of the time so and I'm sure you've got some oh sure I'd be disappointed if you didn't have some <laughs> so uh, why don't you lay down some honorable mentions on us well I've got a few here um, I would mention Indiana Jones um, mm. in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that whole opening sequence, um, they kind of uh, they kind of reveal parts of him at first. Like you see the the whip and the hat and the you know his legs, and then eventually you you see him. Um, mm-hmm. But but really that whole just opening sequence in general. Um, is very, I mean, of course, it's very iconic, but, um, yeah, uh, very, um, very good introduction to a, a memorable character. Um, mm-hmm. And um, let's see, I also have uh, Darth Vader from Star Wars. No. Um, pretty memorable intro. Um, very intimidating. <laughs> Um, let's see, I have, um, we, uh, we mentioned the Wicked Witch from the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, but I would also say the Wizard of Oz from the Wizard of Oz is another one. Yeah. Um, very memorable. Um, and 
uh, from the Blues Brothers. Um, the reveal of uh, at the very beginning of of Joliet Jake as he's Ugh. getting out of prison. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, from Stagecoach, uh, John Wayne's intro. That's a very kind of famous shot uh, that you see in a lot of uh, highlight reels of of uh, older films. Um, uh, from Apocalypse Now, um, Marlon Brando's character in that, uh, Colonel Kurtz, um, mm -hmm. just because that's, uh, that's a character that has been talked about uh, quite a bit throughout the film and it's it's pretty late into the movie before we we meet him um and um yeah uh, another memorable performance from him and a career full of them mm -hmm. um um let's see i would mention punch drunk love um okay. the just the opening shot of that movie um kind of uh, like a lot of characters on our list it it really tells you everything you need to know about the character um from uh, from not not just the performance but the framing of it um mm -hmm. the uh the lighting um everything kind of contributes to telling you something about this character um so that's uh, a personal favorite of mine um yeah. i would also say goodfellas um mm. this one's more of a, a fun one it's uh, the scene where they're kind of going around introducing all the guys um and uh, all of the uh kind of nicknames that they have it's all kind of done in one shot i think mm -hmm. um let's see and um the opening of boogie nights um where they kind of <laughs> go around introducing all of the main characters that's a, another really fun one yeah um but uh yeah that's uh that's all the ones I wrote down. I'm sure there are wow. so, so many uh, <laughs> more that I could, you know, get to if I took the time to think about it a little bit more. But, um, yeah, uh, what are some of yours? Um, well, I want to say that you had several that never even crossed my mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was those are some good additions. Yeah. Um, for me, I had... Um, I had Alex from A Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that that setup was was wonderful, and I love the the camera work in it, the choice of uh, composition of the shot, and just mm -hmm. that look on his face is uh, <laughs> both deeply, deeply disturbing and sort of in a very odd, uncomfortable way, kind of sexual. Yeah. Like you're just not quite sure what he's going to do to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And you just want to get out of there. Um, <laughs> let's see. Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Um, just such a good opening way and such a almost sort of 
um, bizarrely natural progression of getting to know his character in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Wonder Woman from Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah. Uh, just cause I think it's a fun entrance and I remember wanting to like, I didn't care for the movie so much, but yeah. Um, but her addition to it at the end, it was one of those moments where I wanted to stand up and kind of cheer. Hmm. Uh, cause everything was just about, it was, was just right. Her coming out of this l- light, the way they shot it, you know, her getting yeah. zapped or whatever. And then the music and yeah, that guitar riff really yeah. <laughs> sells it. It really does. Um, and she's, she really is. I mean, as far as choosing a new wonder woman, she was a very good choice. I think she's beautiful and she's certainly, uh, capable of, um, capturing the essence of, of that character. And so it's cool to see her come in strong and ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I know she's in the movie earlier, but I'm introducing her as, as Wonder Woman. Mm, yeah. So that's why I'm considering an introduction. Uh, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Um, one of the, back then, especially at the time, and it's still a little creepy now, um, this was before they started making him the king of puns and... Mm-hmm. Um, and jokes. He um, he was really quite terrifying, and he just sort of appears uh, silhouette at first of his fedora, yeah. and then he comes down the street or alley. I can't remember, um, and you only see like bits of his face lit, mm-hmm. uh, which are grotesque. The little bit you can see, and then he's got these arms all stretched out, uh, ridiculously long, and yeah. it's just a. It, it's kind of kind of lets you know that you're in trouble the way they set that up <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you don't know how to process what you're watching especially yeah. at that time um i also had uh willy wonka on my list yeah um here's an odd one i believe her name was sherry or cherry not sherry cherry uh from planet terror oh yeah i don't know why I really have no good explanation of why I love this intro. Um, but she's, for those that either haven't seen it or have seen it and don't remember, it really is just the opening. Like you, the, she's the first thing you see with the music and the, right. when they're doing the credits and she's on stage to, uh, as an exotic dancer. Um, and she's crying like while she's dancing Mm -hmm. and there's something about it is just sets like this whole tone of, of, um, who she is, where she is in life. And it doesn't really set the tone of the movie per se. Right. You know what I mean? Um, other than it's very seedy, but, um, but her dance isn't even that, uh, provocative or anything. Mm-hmm. But I love the choreography of it along with the music and the way they shot it and filmed it so that by the end when you see that she's actually crying and doing all this, there was something about it that just sort of stuck with me. Hmm. I know, it's a bizarre choice. Yeah, I, I never would have thought of that one, but it yeah. is, now that I think of it, yeah, it is it is a really memorable start to a movie and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, gives no impression of what you're about to watch, but... Right. Um, Maria, Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the carefree attitude and, and her ad- her general disposition and the way, you know, it comes sweeping 
the camera comes sweeping across this beautiful landscape, open mm-hmm. landscape with her, and it just sort of captures who she is yeah. right off the bat. And I, I love that about it. Even though it's an overplayed um, scene that they use for everything, right. um, it, it's still a good scene, and it really does help uh, enhance who the character is. And then the last one is kind of a fun one for me. Um, I had, I really did like Ultron's entrance on Avengers Age of Ultron. There's something a little creepy about it when he walks in uh, in the haphazard sort of torn up robot body. Mm. And they're all having a party. It's kind of like the same Wizard of Oz element where everybody's kind of having a good time and it's jovial. Mm -hmm. And then he just sort of slowly slinks into the room and everybody's like, uh what <laughs> and then he delivers this uh decent monologue uh little mini monologue uh james spader i believe yeah, yeah. and uh i don't know i just i really liked it i thought it was a good intro for a character so cool yep, so that's my those are my honorable mentions like you said there's probably literally thousands upon thousands of others that yeah we we could talk about and discuss yeah yeah but... it's a very very wide open category so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and i wonder you know talking about that i wonder if most of these movies some of these obviously i've are on my list anywhere here because they're just fun or they hit me the mm-hmm. right way on my honorable mention list but a lot of these movies that you and i've mentioned are such strong movies as well yeah and I wonder if that's just a huge part of it, like how these people introduce these characters. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, there's kind of an economy of storytelling to that mm-hmm. um, that really helps you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, I think there is something to that. I mean, people... Um, directors that have a, a strong idea of, of who these characters are and um, kind of how to sum them up. Uh, I think they, they're they definitely on the right track right right off the bat with that, so. Right. That's, in, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I know it's important evoking emotion, but uh, like James Bond, I mean, he's, He's an almost tireless character. He's one that just kind of keeps coming back, and everybody still likes him. And right. Um, and like you said, almost every movie, his intro is a huge part of it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. So, well, my friend, what'd you think? What'd you think of our episode? Well, thought it turned out pretty well. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed it uh, as usual. Um, yeah, uh, don't know that I have a whole lot left, um, but um, let's see. Oh, uh, we mentioned uh, right at the beginning that the Oscars are uh, going to be this this coming weekend. Yes. Um, got any predictions? Oh, gosh. No, because I have not... First, I haven't seen near enough of the nominees Yeah. to to have any sort of fair input. Yeah. Um, so I really don't. And I'm, I'm ashamed of myself this year. This is probably mm. the 
probably one of the worst years as far as me not watching. It's not because I wasn't interested, just having the time yeah, uh, to go do it. But what about you? Do you have any strong predictions or opinions? Um, well, as far as predictions go, um, oh, I, I would say that um, I guess most people are, are saying it'll probably be either Roma or Green Book uh, for Best Picture. Mm. That seems to be the consensus, but uh, I don't know that there's, um, this year, uh, it doesn't seem to be like a, a very strong, um, like overwhelming favorite, uh, for, for that category, it seems like, um, so it'll be interesting, um, if there's some kind of surprise there, um, right. But, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I have <laughs> any big predictions or anything, but, yeah. um, I plan on watching. So, mm. oh yeah, that's, uh, oh, yeah. that's about it for me. The, um, my friend used to say, um, and he, it, keep in mind, he is, um, the friend I'm talking about, he is black and he's gay. And he said, you know, you can almost rest assured that uh, if there's blacks and gays, it's going to at least be nominated. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that there's any, how, how many, I mean, I know there's several, there always are, but how many strong mm. social movies there are. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's, uh, there's definitely a few. Um, I mean, I, I think that, um, well, Black Panther sort of is. Um, right. And, um, that's true. Uh, I suppose Green Book is. Um, and, um, uh, maybe Roma to a degree. Um, but, um, and, well, uh, Black Klansman is for sure. <laughs> that's a very, uh, very strong, uh, political message in that. Right. Um, but uh so yeah i guess there's there's always a fair share yeah hmm. well we may have to um on our next episode after the oscars we may have to uh do just a little mini recap or yeah because I, I plan on watching it too and yeah checking it out so yeah we'll see yep um all right well you want to give everybody our contact info sure yeah if uh, any listeners would like to um, write in or, or comments to us uh, you can email us at cinemasnobspod at gmail.com and um, yeah you can uh, find us online individually um, I'm on Twitter and on Letterboxd at Moban, M-O-B-A-N. Um, and Chris, you're on Letterboxd as well. I am. Uh, you can find me under Ljubljana76. That's L-J-U-B-L-J-A-N-A 76. Mm -hmm. I always leave that for you to spell out. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'd love to hear from anybody that's uh anybody that's listening. Yeah. So. Um 
All right. Well, cool. I guess that wraps up another episode then. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I, I look forward to our next one. So. Yes. So um, until next time, we'll say goodbye. Bye, everybody.